I believe that veterans are the key to unlocking America's next golden age. By empowering and influencing one million veterans to transition well and become leaders in their communities, we can unlock our country's destiny and continue to change the world. My name is Bernard Bergen. Nate Evans Jr. is a sports performance coach, personal trainer, and a new author who's taking the acting world by storm. Nate drops by the studio to just share with us how he's figured out how to build muscle, give 100% in all that he does, and truly uses vulnerability as a measuring stick to continue on his journey to his best life ever. Let's get started. So Nate, again, thank you for being on the show. And one thing I am always challenged by is the discipline it takes to be someone who is a coach and a personal trainer. What would you say to someone who wants to be a part of the industry? And I'd love for you to even touch a bit about the disciplines as well. First thing I would say is um, hustle, hustle, hustle. This industry, you truly have to hustle to build up a clientele, to build up some type of work. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to offer free sessions. I mean, you have to stay at the gym for hours. And this is just when you're first starting out. Stay at the gym for hours so that members can become familiar with you. But just starting out, it's a serious hustle and grind. Okay. Okay. Now, you talked about just being in front of your clientele. So someone new to this industry, would you say the number one way to attract clients is through the gym or is there other tools, maybe social media, or is it just mostly just showing the work? I would say um, how I gain most of my clientele from uh, just sharing different things from your clients, from the workouts, you can share their results. I'm a big user of like the Instagram story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's one of the things I use the most. Those are one of the best tools that I've seen to use. But honestly, you just want to work on getting the results. So that's really still very powerful, believe it or not. Okay. But between okay. that and the social media is extremely powerful. All right. So that's a, just a good back and forth balance, just utilizing social media, but ultimately not forgetting that word of mouth is still the best way to truly connect what you do with an audience that needs it. Any major success stories from you training someone like maybe dramatic weight loss or maybe winning a show? Have any of your clients, you know, pushed themselves to extreme levels? Yes, I've actually had a few clients. A figure bikini show. She did very well in the show. She placed, we trained five days a week. I usually have my clients come in about three days a week. Myself, I've done a show. Last year, I did a natural show and wasn't necessarily for the competition, but I just wanted to see where my mental state was. Mm-hmm. So I got with the young lady and we were together for roughly about 10 weeks before her show. And she made some dramatic transformations. Wow. Wow. And what do you think you excel at? Is it the motivation? Is it the consistency? Is it the mindset? Or is it more of a package with how you approach helping people just find their lane in fitness and in weightlifting? I don't think I do anything too different than any other personal trainer. Mm. A lot of my clientele, they follow me on social media. They know me personally and they see my day in and day out. They see me, you know, post getting up at 4 a.m. and going to the gym before I even train them and they see that consistency. So it helps them to not make excuses, if I can say so. And they kind of see how I'm going and it helps them to go a little bit harder. So I believe that's what I bring. 
Okay. And that's huge, you know, because people are watching and they do want to see someone who they identify, you know, not just as a leader because they're in charge, but as a leader, because they're not willing to roll up their sleeves and do the work for themselves. And I think in the area of fitness, you know, we always can assume that we can just copy the attitudes and mindsets of others, but we still really do have an obesity problem in this country. And I think, you know, again, being in that space, what you display on a day-to-day basis is so necessary. What would you say to that person who maybe even, you know, ex-military was in great shape at some point, and they're always stuck with comparing themselves today with who they were, so they're not even getting started. What would you say to them? I would honestly say to them to just focus on the future. A lot of people get in this comfortable place, and we like to compare and contrast against other people that we see, and we like to compare and contrast against our older self. Mm. We're not realizing that the best version is yet to come. Oh, wow. That's how you look at it. Yeah. So that's how I believe they should look at it. Like I said, they still have time to get better, to make improvements. They've seen what they can do by looking at the past. So they know what they can do. So it's like, if you know what you can do, then you know you can do a little bit better than that. Right, right, right. What would you say? Because you you talked about, you know, just as you were preparing for a competition, training the client for a competition, training very strongly five days a week. What would you say those people who don't realize that there needs to be a rest cycle? They just kind of you know, push themselves and push themselves and push themselves. And maybe for them, it's just a way of life. But as we all know, sometimes your biggest gains come during your rest period. What would you say to people challenged with the rest part of the training? Absolutely. And uh, rest is, it's underrated. I'll Mm. say that. People don't realize the the importance of it. And I'm a victim of it myself. I, I got to that point. One time I would say last year where I was just grinding in and out every day, seven days a week, training, training, training to a point where my body got so fatigued that I got sick. I understood the importance of rest, but at the same time, I was on like go mode all the time, 24-7, go to my heart. I got to train. Somebody's outworking me. I just had that competitive mm-hmm. mindset, not realizing that I was hindering myself by not allowing my muscles to recover. That's a huge, huge part of it, recovery. That's something that I've been working on for years, and I'm just getting it down packed, and I've never felt better. Oh, wow. So that part is extremely crucial because you build muscle while you're resting. When you're in the gym, you're training, you're just tearing it apart. Mm-hmm, you know, you're mm-hmm. getting your pump, you're, you're tearing everything down. But to rest and recover, that's when the real growth happens. Okay, so that's, that's just something to look out for. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important to repeat, you know, because it's so easy to overtrain. Of course, you know, and being in the military, even when you leave, you kind of got used to being pushed so much that without knowing it, you could pick up a bad habit of not resting. And I think just, you know, hearing it from an expert like yourself just reminds us that if to be in peak performance means you, you have to have a peak in your scheduling as well, your training and your rest state. Now on your social media, you have a lot of powerful quotes that really pull you into the mindset of the discipline of training. One of the ones that stood out to me was be aggressively patient and trust the process. Now, the first thing I flipped it to, you know, having served in, in the army was hurry up and wait. Like we were so prepared that it always seemed like we were waiting on the next thing because we already did all the groundwork, you know, that needed to be done. But I like your version, be aggressively patient and trust the process. What does that mean to you? And, and why is that one of your mantras? Okay. Yeah, I, I love that term, just aggressive patient. So just to give a little background on myself, I was in military school in Mm -hmm. Roswell, New Mexico. I played uh, basketball out there. 
So that term, hurry up and wait, it does resonate with me. I remember it very vividly. Those terms are very similar, but they have a distinct difference, I'll say. When I think of aggressive patience, to me, it means being patient with the process of obtaining your goals, but also having a sense of urgency to be productive while you wait. It it reminds me of the term, uh, work while you wait. You you hear that a lot. People are like, work while you wait, work while you wait. To me, that's aggressive patience because you realize that you have a goal in hand, but it takes time to reach certain goals and different things in your life. But at that same time, you need to be doing everything in your power to continue to work to make sure that that happens. Yeah, I like that. And that's where the aggressive comes from. Yeah, I I like that. It sparked for me, maximize your process while there is a timeline. Like, for example, if you're in university and it's going to take you four years, 120 credits to graduate, it doesn't mean that just because, you know, you're passing that you can't maybe be an entrepreneur at the same time or maybe volunteer in some student organizations or even network aggressively to your next opportunity. I think what you just shared is very profound because like, you know how like you complete something and you're waiting for the final certificate or final graduation in that gap at times, if you don't think about being aggressively patient or working while you wait, you'll just kind of sit around and that could be detrimental. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And you'll either be impatient and you won't do the things necessary or you'll lack the aggression and then you'll go into the situation very passive and then you'll never reach the goal anyway. So you uh, need both of them. Yeah. No matter yeah. which way you think about it, you need both in order to accomplish what you set out to accomplish, even if we all have different goals. Right. So it's truly important to really understand the importance of both of those terms. Yeah, I like that. And that's something I had to learn for myself because I'm, I'm a very impatient guy. I've just always been that way. I don't like ordering stuff online. I, <laughs> I hate waiting for anything. <laughs> I'm one of those people. <laughs> like I, I need to have it even if I'm not going to use it. Right. But I had to learn to start practicing my patience and things like that. But at the same time, while I know I have this bigger goal at hand, I'm waking up every day, I'm going to the gym, I'm waking up every day, I'm praying, I'm meditating, I'm waking up every day, I'm writing, working on a book, I'm writing different things down, I'm jumping on uh, on the G-Men call, I'm just doing different things every day to continue to put up those building blocks. Right. So when right. I get to where I'm going, I'm ready for it. The worst thing you can do is get to where you want to be and you aren't prepared for it. Like the opportunity comes and you aren't prepared because you aren't aggressive in your pursuit. Mm, mm. That's something you don't want to do. Are you on track for where you want to go? And ultimately, what would that look like for you? I would say that now I am on track. I've spent a lot of years just wasting time. Mm. I will say that. I spent a lot of years in fear and I, I feared what others thought of my dreams and goals. I never really even told anyone my dreams and goals. I just felt as if, if I tried to express them, people would laugh at me. Okay. Because they were so big, they, they were so large. But I do feel as though I'm on track now, just because I'm past that point in my life of where I'm caring about those thoughts of others, and I'm just focused on the goal at hand. Okay, got it. I believe I'm right there where I want to be, but I do believe that I can do a little better each and every day. So I try not to beat myself up about it. And I just try to stay focused on the goal at hand. Right, right. Now, what would you say to your 18-year-old self about just tapping into the potential of who you can become? And I think you touched on something that we all have dealt with, where we're thinking about the judgments or comments or attitudes of others towards who we want to be and what we are willing to put in the work to get. What would you say to your younger self about just that process and trusting that you're willing to do the work to become who you say you want to become? This is actually a, um, a exercise that I perform often. 
I got this from a professional boxer that I was training when he told me about this, thinking about your 18-year-old self, mm-hmm. just looking in the mirror. And when I did that for the first time, I pictured myself when I was 18 playing basketball on my way to college on a scholarship. I pictured myself being very disappointed at where I was. And this was before I even started working on the book again. Mm. I pictured mm. myself being very disappointed and it hit me like it hit me like a ton of bricks. And that's what really fired me up. But if I could talk to my 18-year-old self right now, I would say that fear isn't real. Your potential has no limit if you mm-hmm. can learn to thrive in an uncomfortable state. Right. That was my issue. I was in a very uncomfortable state and it got the best of me. But if I had learned to thrive and execute in that uncomfortable state, there was no limit on what I could do. Right. And then uh, I would tell myself that not giving 100% to what you set out to accomplish is pretty much just as useless as giving 0% effort. I mean, there's no champion award for almost winning anything. Oh, wow. You know, it's either wow. you're going 100% wow. or th- there's nothing under that 100%. Man. At least that's how I look at it now. If you're not giving 100%, you might as well not try. Right. And I hear people often, especially, you know, I'm around family and friends and I hear people like, oh, I'm trying to do this. I'm going to try to work out. I'm going to try to start this business. I'm going to try to do this tomorrow. And in the way it bothers me because it's like, I try, let's just do it. Let's go 100% in, give everything we have to really go out and do what we said we're going to do. So I just believe that you have to give 100%, nothing less than that. And then I will also tell my 18-year-old self to watch who you surround yourself with. You need to be in the right communities. My mother used to always say something when I was growing up. She would be like, she was strict too. She was very strict. I love my mother. (laughs) She was very strict. She would say, you are who you surround yourself with. Wow. She would say this all the time to me and my brothers. And, you know, you're a kid and you're just like, mom, I'm not trying to hear it. Like, I want to go to my friend's house and stay the night. Right, right, right. And she would not allow it. And I didn't understand it then. It would, it would like frustrate me to no end. I would be just angry at her for no reason. But now as I become older, I understand the values that I had. And as I got older, I changed my circles. I started surrounding myself with better individuals. Mm-hmm. And I could see my life make a shift because I had people that would stretch me, you know, wow. stretch my mentality instead of the area that I was in where I was just pretty much just being a consumer to everything that was around me. Right. But now that I've surrounded myself with people that produce, I've started producing. Okay. So. Okay. I don't know if she knew it back then, but that was very profound and powerful what she was telling us. And as kids, we didn't really understand it, but that's what kids do. <laughs> well, a quick, <laughs> you know, shout out to mothers out there, the mothers listening, you know, keep doing what you do. Absolutely. You might not hear thank you up front, but that thank you is coming. And I can, you know, tons of confessions to that about my parents, my mom being right. And just humbly accepting that truth, you know, and I think you touched on given 100%. And when we think given at times, you know, it's so easy to equate it to money. And, and when you hear 100%, you're like, all of it? You know, like, I don't want to give all of yeah, it. Yeah. All. <laughs> you know? But with life, you only have one and you're only moving in one direction. So remembering a previous failure and not learning from it and letting it hinder any forward progression doesn't really make sense. Because you'll never get to repeat that age again. You'll never get to repeat that stage again. So I love what you just touched on. Give your all. Surround yourself with quality people. So at each season of your life, there is this truth about who you learn to become and what you get to take forward. Something that I saw that you did recently on top of you know, all the other activity was I think you were in one of your first stage plays. Let's talk about that a bit. And uh, what was the journey to get there? And how did all the training, how did all the uh, 
given of yourself and how did all the surrounding yourself with unique communities stretch you to that point? The place, man, that was amazing. It was unbelievable. Just to start from the beginning, the process, a good friend of mine, Ty Lewis, who wrote the play and also mm-hmm. starred in the play, he was launching his company, Ty Extreme, which is a production company. And he just happened to reach out to me. He's been following me for a while. We've been good friends for a while. He's always been inspired by what I post, the different things I try to do in the community. And he reached out to me and said, hey, have you ever acted before? And I'm like, um, I took an acting class at community college. Uh, it's, uh, it's always something that I thought was very interesting. And mm-hmm. I've always thought about it in the back of my head. But that was one of those goals that I never spoke much about because people see me as a trainer and an athlete. And right. acting was like laughable. Like I have friends, they'd be like, I couldn't picture you acting. I think it's funny. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. that kind of crushed that dream. Mm-hmm. So yeah, whatever the case is, he invited me out to a read-through of the script. So I get there. I'm like, okay, I'll read through. It's no problem. I didn't think much about it. I'm reading the script. We get to this hotel. We're doing a read-through at a big round table. And the script is huge, like 102 pages. And we're sitting there reading. And I'm surrounded by a bunch of other actors in the room. And I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs> so we're doing the read-through. I read, we read the whole script. And the story is just truly amazing, um, mm. inspiring. A story about four brothers. And they're at their father's funeral. And they're just kind of with each other just in that rough time, seeing the different stages that they were with their father. They're, they're having difficulties. It was an amazing, amazing place. So he gives me the role. I take the role. Again, it's still nothing too serious. It was just a stage play. We're going through rehearsals, learning the lines. I'm getting really good at it. I'm taking notes from the other actors that are experienced. And I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous because this is my first time acting. Everybody's done plays, shows, all kinds of stuff. And we get to one of our rehearsals. We did a preview show before the main show. Mm. kind of like to give people a snippet of the play. So we get to, like, I would say three rehearsals before the preview show, and we're doing our script read-throughs. And I know everybody's lines and my own lines. Oh, wow. Like, this is how nervous I was oh, wow. that I learned everybody's lines and my own lines. And people, we would put down our scripts, do a read-through, and I'll say my part, we're doing this. And, like, certain people would forget their cues, and I would accidentally say their line. Mm. And they would look at me like, what did you say? I was like, that was your line. I'm sorry, my fault. But it got to a point where they respected the work ethic. People seeing how hard I was working, they was like, man, this dude is not just learning his lines. He's learning everybody. Like, he's learning the whole play. And I, it was the way I learned. It was yeah, kind of like yeah. the way I, I learned what I had to do. So we do the preview show. I'm super nervous. The preview show is at this small venue. My mother's there. My grandmother's there. Friends and family are there. I'm super nervous. We blow the preview show out the water. Oh, wow. Like, expectations out the water. People are loving it. They can't wait to see the full show. People already want to book the show before even seeing the full show. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. But the director, he was like, look, I want you to come to the full show before you make any investments. Right, right. We get to the full show. Uh, what was this, last week, two weeks ago? We get to the full show in Camden, New Jersey at the Croc Center. Mm, Black Box mm. Theater. It's a... Um, I had no idea who was in the crowd until after the show. Oh, wow. There were, you know, there were pastors in the crowd. There were producers in the crowd. Yeah. There were other high-end actors. There were radio personality in the crowd. And I opened the play. I'm the first one that actually speaks in the play. So the mm. spotlight hits me. And all I keep thinking is about, I cannot mess this up. <laughs> this, is, this is my one shot. It's like Eminem's song is playing through my head. You get one shot. Right. Not miss your chance to blow. This is, this is my one shot. And... We executed. The play was the hit. Like, people were crying. People are laughing. Oh, wow. Families are being brought together. Like, it's done. it did everything that we wanted it to do and more. Uh-huh. And after the show, this is the overwhelming part right here. After the show, 
where everybody's excited, we're celebrating. My mother's there, my fiance's there, we're having a great time. People are now coming up asking for autographs after the show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so people are coming up asking for autographs. Hey, can you sign this for me? Can you do this? Oh my gosh, I can't wait until this is a movie. Oh my gosh, when are you performing this again? How can we get this into Atlantic City? How can we bring this to Philly? Who do we have to talk to? Man, it was just a surreal moment. It was like bugging me out. And I'm like, wow, I don't know how to handle this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I'm just too humble as a person. I didn't know how to handle it. So right, right, right. after that, everything's going good. The plays are smash it. We, you know, we go and hang out. The high kind of wears off a little bit. And yesterday afternoon, a friend of mine that was in the play, he's done some shows on, um, I believe, like uh, ABC and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He reaches out to me and says he has a role for me. Oh, wow. And asked me that I want to play it in a short film. This oh, literally wow. just happened yesterday. Oh, I, have, wow. I have a character in a short film that I think you'll be perfect for. Are you open to it? If I send you the script, could you read it over and tell me if you'll be open to playing this character? <laughs> this now has just opened doors that I couldn't even imagine. Right. Just right. from me taking that leap of faith, letting go of my fear and doing something that I've always thought of doing. Yeah. And going full force. So it was, it was truly a blessing. It turned from me just getting the script to me now getting a role in a short film and now other people are wanting to book the show we may be going on tour oh wow early spring of next year with this show so okay i may be getting paid as an actor now it's amazing what you can do when you fully believe in yourself Mm -hmm. let go of your fear kind of put the energy out in the universe and give a hundred percent nothing less than a hundred percent right right hundred percent wow wow well congratulations early and you know what i want to highlight is you talk all of us through the process of not just stepping out on faith but staying ready. You were so ready that the seasoned actors on the show saw what was in you, even to your call back, you know, yesterday for a future role. I'd love to tap into that mentality of just staying ready. Like you were so prepared that your preparation, you're talking about opening the show for the first time, not even having pursued acting in a major way. And I have to say, that's because of who you are and and just your discipline, your staying ready, your ability to, uh, like you said, believe that 100% or nothing at all. And I think what you're receiving is the investment that you made in, in that preparation. So what about that stay ready mindset that you can share with others so that we can adopt some of the habits that go along with it? First, I'll say about that stay ready mindset. I'll say that it's a necessity when you're trying to do something great. For me, as far as the play, It was my way of showing others that if you were to give 100% and stay ready, that anything is possible. That was my thing. So if I can execute on this play, do a phenomenal job, blow people away, do my job to the best of my ability, that my hope was that it would inspire others to give 100% as well. And um, as far as staying ready, man, just the feedback from the other experienced and seasoned actors just hearing them, they were like, man, you're like, you remind me of Will Smith when he was on Fresh Prince and he knew everybody else's lines on stage mm. when they were, when they were recording for the show, you have flashes of that. And I'm listening to them like, wow. Wow. So wow, this wow. is what Stan Ready is all about. Yeah. It was just, for me, it opened the doors right there. Right. Because now I'm looking at every aspect of my life is like, if I can stay ready, just how I did for that particular moment for that play, what other doors can I open mm. for myself and others? I like that. If I can stay ready with my finances, with, with my relationship, with right. my training, right. what opportunities will come that I'll be ready for? Because let's be honest, 
say the acting opportunity for the short film came months ago when I first started reading the script. Mm. I wasn't ready. Okay. No way in the world. Okay. I haven't, I haven't done the training. I didn't have the background. I didn't go the hours and hours and hours of studying and learning and, and just repetition. But yeah. being that I did that, I became ready. So now another opportunity presents itself. Right. So now the next door that opens is going to be even bigger. I have no idea what it's going to be, but I believe that this next step is something else that's getting me ready for what else is coming. Right. Right. So I feel, I feel like a lot of times we try to skip those middle steps and go straight to the, the large picture. We try to go straight from reading a script straight to Hollywood. Mm. In a metaphorical sense, we try to go straight from there to there, not realizing the different things you have to do in between to be ready when Hollywood comes knocking on the door. and We're here now. Yeah. So that's how I look at it. And I'm trying to translate that to every part of my life. I like that. I like that. And even as you went there, you know, I was uh, looking at your book title earlier today. And, and what I love is it's titled Building Muscle, Life is Your Trainer. And I just love that life is your trainer part, because even as you took us down the, the journey of your acting experience and your first big play and the doors that are open in, you are living what you're sharing. You're using life as your trainer. You're not overlooking the ability to train, to learn scripts, and not just your lines, everyone's lines, to make the rehearsals and, and truly learn from those around you and then open the show with such a dynamic intensity that you're so aware that you gave it all. You gave that 100%. So why life is a trainer as your byline? And then also let's talk about your book, bit, Building Muscle. Is it just about the gym or is it a metaphor for building a life that you really want? It's really a metaphor. As you can see, Building Muscle, Life is Your Trainer. I went through a lot of different experiences throughout my life mm -hmm. where I would say I went through a lot of negative experiences in my life where I could have stayed down. I could have let the weight of the world, as I like to call it, hold me down. Mm. But instead, I chose to lift that weight. And as a result, I built muscle. Wow. So that's how I like to look at it. And I didn't really start seeing it to the last few years. As I became a little more mature, I realized, I'm like, man, it's always something happening to me. It's always a negative situation. It's always me. Like, why is it always me? Not realizing that everything that was happening was just weighing me down for me to lift it up and become stronger wow. for the next wow. situation, for the next person. And now I feel as though it's an obligation of mine to teach other people, especially the youth, that's really the target, to tell them like, look, things are going to happen. You know, mm -hmm. friends are going to get hurt. You're going to lose family. You know, you're going to lose this. This isn't going to seem fair. All of these negative things are going to happen. Maybe some worse than what I've been through, but you have one of two options. You're either going to lay there under the weight, let it crush you, or you're going to lift it and build muscle and become stronger. Mm. So that's how I really try to look at it. And being that I'm a trainer, it's very relatable to what I'm already doing. So I'm hoping that people can catch that. But it's really not much about working out in there at all, to be completely <laughs> honest. Um, but the wordplay worked perfect for what I'm already doing and what people already recognize me as. Right. So it worked out perfect that way. But I'm hoping that people really get that message of building muscle to become stronger, getting that concept of building muscle in their relationships and their finances and their mentality mm -hmm. and just becoming the strongest version of themselves. Yeah. I think that's going to resonate well with the veteran leadership community because, you know, without that vulnerability to uh, share your truth and recognize that, yes, you went through some things that was heavy, things that really weighed you down. But if you owned it, if you pushed against the weight and learned the lessons, I've made lifelong friendships in Afghanistan. I connected with mentors who brought me through 
various struggles. And you're absolutely right. My life is stronger because of it. Now, there are still so many in the veterans community who are overcoming their struggles, homelessness, suicide, family issues, you know, and you just shared that, hey, guys, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that it won't require time, but you can push on these struggles and build muscle, build the ability to overcome, build the ability to withstand anything deeper that you could share about that ability and building that ability with the veteran leaders community. Absolutely. Absolutely. What that made me think of was a situation, a particular situation in my life. Growing up, I believe I was I was just coming back from my first year in college. Actually, no, my first semester in college. And I came home at a time where, you know, my mother was struggling. All of my cousins were staying out of my house, my brother, my grandmother. And my mother told me the week before we were getting evicted. Mm. She told me a week before we were getting evicted, literally a week before. Like, apparently she knew for months mm. what I found out, but she told me a week before. So I'm just coming home. I got friends around the area. I'm embarrassed now. Mm. I'm hurt. I'm like, I'm pissed off and angry now because I felt as though I could have done something when in reality, I wasn't ready to do anything. I didn't have anything saved up. I didn't have a plan. I wasn't at that maturity level to help her. I bottled up all of that anger, all of that frustration. And I got into a really, really dark place. Like I'm talking to bad funk to, it got to a point where I was at a point of contemplating committing suicide. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And, and I talk about this a little in the book. Um, in one of my chapters, I talk a little bit about this, but I was in a really, really dark place. Mm-hmm. And it was hard for me to be vulnerable. I was at that point where, you know, peer pressure, you got your friends around, you want to be in that cool crowd, all of these different things. And I had, I felt as though I had no one to talk to about this. And I was literally like, a, I would say a ticking time bomb, just mm-hmm. ready to just explode at any moment. And the night of us having to actually move out, I exploded. Mm. Like to a point where I I just blew up and I flipped out on my mom. Said oh, wow. some things I, I I really regret, and I don't regret anything, but I do regret the words that I said to her. Wow. Said some things to her, and when she heard me, instantly tears came out of her eyes, mm. and she ran into her room, slammed the door, and at that moment, I just felt my heart just just mm. sink. And um, that was honestly that the way I exploded was because I held in all that anger instead of being more vulnerable, open and talking to her about it, trying to figure a solution right. on what we can do, trying to be understanding, not realizing that she's raising me, my brother and four of my cousins and my grandmother's at the house. Nobody's paying bills but her. Mm. And I allowed myself to get to such a selfish point to where I'm bottling up all of this negativity to where I just explode and snap like that. And had I been more vulnerable and open, that wouldn't have happened. I could have done more. I wouldn't have hurt her like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was an opportunity for me to really learn about myself and learn about the things that I need to work on and the right things to do to teach others. So at that moment, I built some muscle. I'll mm-hmm. say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thanks again for just sharing that and just um, showcasing the vulnerability needed to get beyond certain struggles and in just certain moments in life. And I think what's so deeply valuable about it is just a reminder that you are building muscle as you go through each moment in life, you know, and and there is moments that overwhelm us all. What I have found, though, is something you shared as well, is that what makes it even more overwhelming is that you're bottling it up. And what makes it even more overwhelming is that at times, just in the moment, we forget to be grateful for all those who are still participating in helping us become 
our best selves, even helping us to win, even if their best at times doesn't seem good enough. And I think you touched on all of those in that one story. And what's exciting is that as people see your strength, what you have built to become today, they know that it's worth going through every day, step by step, doing the work, healing, loving again, doing family again, and just continuing on the journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I want people to understand is this, there's no limit on how much muscle you can build. Mm. And it necessarily doesn't have to come through a negative situation either. Right. Anything that's a learning experience, anything that you can grow from, that's ultimately building muscle right there. It doesn't have to be a drastic, traumatic experience for you to build muscle. Yeah. So that's what I want people to really realize. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's worth noting as well. I will share that with my intimate circle. Like, look, guys, if we're going to struggle anyway, let's go struggle in the gym. Let's go put in work in an environment that's designed to test us in a specific way. One of my brothers recently reached out and uh, I'm still a little upset with him, but you know, I love the challenge. He sent me over an aerosol workout from the military. And uh, you know, even as we speak, my back is not happy with all the rope <laughs> climbing. And, you know. But, but I love what you said because it, it resonated with me. Like, Bernard, stop being a baby because, yeah, yeah. you know, there's, there's no limit to what muscle you can build. And for me, I'm tying it back to your stepping into being an author, you're stepping into being an actor, and there's no limit to how much muscle you can build. And it's truly preparing you for what's next because who knows if the 50-year-old Nate Evans Jr. is going to you know, be a senator or a mayor and how all of these conversations and all of this work that you're doing now prepares you for that. You know, I think looking at building muscle as a metaphor for how you approach life is deeply profound because without your message, without your story, without you sharing this with us, many of us, it's so easy to forget that life is your trainer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, people truly need to understand that. We're going to learn our most lessons through experience. And that's where life as that trainer becomes very relevant. If you can learn to live, experience different things, be willing to fail in order to win, then you'll be able to understand the concept of building muscle. Mm. And understanding that there's no limit on building muscle. I'll, I'll say this like for myself. I recently released a video on YouTube where I speak about building muscle and different things like that. And I say that I wake up at, you know, 4 a.m. every morning. And no one's forced me to wake up this early. I'm a trainer. I'm at the gym. You know, majority of my day, I can work out whenever I want, pretty much. Mm -hmm. But I do this to keep myself in that uncomfortable state. I do this so I can continue to strengthen my discipline and continue to build that muscle on that level. Because I understand that there is another opportunity coming, that I'm creating another opportunity right now that may require for me to have that discipline. And if I don't have that discipline, I'll break. You know, every day I'm fighting. I'm constantly fighting myself strengthening my discipline, trying to build more muscle, build more muscle, build more muscle. Yeah. So as I'm creating an opportunity, I can jump right into it and I'm ready for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to all the listeners, that is Nate Evans Jr. on YouTube. It's also Jr. on Instagram. And, you know, just check out his work, follow some of his stuff. Not only will you be inspired and motivated, but when you're whining like I am, because you have to do an aerosol workout, he'll remind you that, you know, there's no, <laughs> don't laugh too much of me today. I've heard it right, right now. All right. I'm sure that's a tough workout, man. I'm almost positive that's a tough workout right there. <laughs> and, and, he, and he caught me out of the blue. He just like put it on my desk. He was like, I'm on day two. I'm like, you're not even going to tell me that we're about to do this. You know, like, <laughs> no, 
No heads up at all. Like, nope, this is what we're doing. Just nothing. (laughs) And again, what I love is like today, before the day's over, I have to do a a rut march and uh, a stair climb. And and I'm just going to combine them so it sucks and I can get it over with. But what I, (laughs) you know how it is. You just got to sometimes. Oh, yeah. You You got to get it over with. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to level up in the moment. But what I like about it, you know, even as we enjoy the things we get to be challenged by in life, Last week, someone was kind of in my face about why do I push myself so much? And I, I always remind people that, hey, I've already been through some very hard things. And no matter how challenging maybe a Spartan race is or air assault workout is or going on the big stage for the first time as an actor is, it's challenging. But there are people right now doing harder things on our behalf to keep us free, to keep us protected. And our job is as they come home, as they come back, as their families continue to do life, to create a world where they see that we're truly thankful for the sacrifices that they're making by continuing to make sacrifices on our end. So yeah, it's challenging, but I think it's so rewarding in that you know you're leaving a legacy and pushing others to find their their strength as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ultimately, it has to be a bigger mission than yourself. And that's something that I, I had to understand when writing this book. I actually tried to write this book two years ago. Mm. I tried to write it two years ago. I still had the same title. I didn't have the subtitle. It was just called Building Muscle. And I tried to write this book. But at the time, I was trying to write it for myself. I had a malfunction with my laptop. Mm. So I stopped working on the book. I started using that as an excuse to even write the book. And then this year came along. I actually wrote the book in two months. And I wrote the whole (laughs) thing on my iPad. (laughs) But this, this is the crazy part. I wrote the whole thing on my iPad in two months. I scrapped the first original version. I actually still have some of the text, but I'm not using it, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I scrapped that version. I stopped making excuses. And then um, I literally wrote the whole thing on my iPad because I needed to get this information out because I seen the vision as being so much bigger than myself. And I seen the people that would be blessed by this book. Mm -hmm. And that's all I kept thinking about when I was writing. I was like, somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to hear this story. Not to hear because they need to hear about me or have sympathy for me or, or feel a certain way for me, but somebody needs this to get themselves to the next level. So that's how I've been thinking about it. And when that happened, literally the words are just every day flying out, flying out for two months straight. And I was able to get everything done. Now, this is a project I started two years ago. Wow. It's no reason it should have took this long, but I was at a different stage in my life. And at that moment, I was still at a point where I was trying to build muscle. Mm. Like negative situations were hitting me and I wasn't ready for what was mm. next. I love that. And I was still building muscle. I wasn't able to tell a story then. I wasn't able to give the scenarios that I'm giving now, those different keys to building muscle now. But now that I understand it a lot more, now is the right time to do it. Right, right. From two years to two months, uh, listeners, I challenge you, you know, if you're going to expand your veteran leaders reading list, building muscle is definitely something that you need to add to your reading list. Where can our readers connect with your work, connect with your, and I shared your YouTube link. Is there anywhere else that you want our listeners to go to just connect with who you are and what you're building as far as your community and your movement? Yeah, I would say definitely connect with me on Instagram. I'm usually on there the most, Jr. That's where I post a lot of my content, a lot of my links to different things that I would be doing. I also have my website being finished. It will be done before Thanksgiving. It's going to be nateevansjr.com. So okay. I have, that's where I'll be doing the pre-order for the book set. I'll be releasing all my YouTube videos, my future plans, different courses I'm working on, different dates for different things that I'll be doing. So stay on the lookout for that. Nate.EvansJr. on Instagram and 
naevansjr.com. Launching this week, the Instagram, you can follow it right now. Mm, got it, got it, got it. And lastly, the play. If we're in a city near you, what should we be looking out for? I'm a big theater fan. I live right across the street from very famous theater. So getting over is something okay, nice. we look forward to. So where can we learn more about the play and, and you know, just keep our eyes on a rising star? The play has a Facebook page as well as a Instagram page. Mm-hmm. They're both going to be under Thai Extreme. So it's T-Y-X-T-R-E-M-E, Thai Extreme. Mm-hmm. And that's going to have the upcoming dates. Because like I said, we'll be possibly doing a tour soon. We have a lot of other people that want to book the show. Apparently, the director has made an acting profile for me that I don't know about. So I'm all <laughs> over the internet, apparently. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> he came to me was like, hey, y'all, you have an acting profile now. You have a bio. You have work online. Now I'm like, okay. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's Thai Extreme. It's going to be on Instagram and Facebook, C-Y-X-T-R-E-M-E, Thai Extreme. Amazing production company that a good friend of mine launched. Really blessed individual, and he has some big plans in mind. And this is where I'm starting my career at. So wow. be on the lookout for that. And you know what I love about just your journey and, and how you're sharing and just the story you are humble enough to recognize when you weren't ready. You said, Bernard, I wasn't ready to release the book then. I still had to build more muscle. I wasn't able to tell my story in a unique way. And now as you prepare to release you know, your book and even start this new trajectory of your life, your acting, et cetera, you feel confident in the muscle that you have built. And knowing that you're going to do the work continuously to continue to build muscle. So I'm very excited to continue to get to know you, watch your star, and even pick up my copy of the book to learn more about how I can build muscle and stop complaining and some small things like my aerosol <laughs> workout. <laughs> uh, Any- man, you, gotta, you build the muscle all the time, man. <laughs> I follow your stuff. It's amazing. It's truly amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, besides your book, what other books, maybe podcasts, communities would you share that people connect with or read or listen to? And even your YouTube channel as well. Nate, it was Nate Evans Jr. on YouTube. Besides, yeah. besides your stuff, what other stuff would you suggest people tune into or follow? I'll start with a book first. I recently just read this book. Well, I listened to the book. I'm huge on audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Also, the book, my book is going to be available on audiobook first until we're working on that now. But oh wow, it's a book by Lewis Howes called The Mask of Masculinity. And man, this book was powerful, Mm -hmm. man. It made me really realize some stuff about myself. And it it speaks a lot on vulnerability, vulnerability, especially us as men, Mm -hmm. um, how we wear these different masks each and every day from, you know, the mask of wanting to be like the stoic guy that even goes as deep as sports, how we use sports to define our masculinity. Mm. You go out there and play because you want to be seen as the dominant one. Oh, wow. And man, this this book is just, I don't want to give too much away, but this book is unbelievable. It's, it's a must read. It's become one of my favorites. I literally just finished reading it like two weeks ago. It's a phenomenal book. I'm trying to think as far as uh, social media profiles. I follow quite a few people. Uh, a good friend of mine, Ty Russ. Um, mm-hmm. His Instagram is big underscore Ty underscore Russ. One of the local bodybuilders around our area. He just He's very passionate about what he speaks about, his words, his way to connect with people. Mm -hmm. I love his engagement with his following and um, just his messages and stories about life. It goes far beyond working out and bodybuilding. So that's one of the things I love. Uh, Also on YouTube, I'm a big YouTube guy. I kind of watch the same stuff over and over again. I watch a lot of E.T. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I watch a lot of Inky Johnson. So if if I'm not watching any type of sports highlights, which are very rare, 
I'm either, you know, watching ET, I'm watching Anki, I'm listening to Les Brown, yeah. um, Gerard Adams, those kind of people. I try to gather as much of that free information that they're giving out, which people take for granted, which I, I think is insane. This free information that we're getting on YouTube and these Instagram channels and just the internet period that people mm-hmm. overlook. Wow. So I'm, I'm on there a lot and these guys are dropping like some serious gems on there that have helped me a lot in my life. Again, for free. Yeah. That, yeah. that a lot of people are overlooking. So those would be some of the avenues and channels that I'm following as well as the book as well. Okay, great. And I really do appreciate that. Thanks again, you know, for uh, accepting my invite to be on the show. I think building muscle will be an instant favorite, you know, even as your star continues to rise. And you've given us so much, even showcasing vulnerability, even to the book by Lewis Howe that you recommend. Lastly, is there any other parting piece of wisdom, guidance, you know, or just, you know, a saying that you would like the listeners to know right before we wrap up? One thing I would like to say is live your best life Mm. simply because you only have one. Our time here on Earth is short and very unpredictable. You, you see all the crazy things happening on the news, Yeah, the different diseases going around. And I feel as though the worst thing we can do is leave this Earth without working to do something we've dreamed of. Mm. You know, I would tell people to live without fear, go for what you dream of, because we're leaving here one way or the other. Right. So it's like, why not try to live to your fullest potential and enjoy your life? A lot of people aren't enjoying life right now. Yeah. And I'm at a point now where I'm enjoying my life because I'm chasing the things that I've always wanted to do. Mm. So that's just my thing right there. You know, let go of the fear, chase the things that you've always wanted to do and live your best life. I love it. I love it. Well, Nate Evans Jr., thank you again for uh, agreeing to be on an episode of the Veterans Leadership Blog Podcast. I think our listeners will find oh, your, you. your words just insightful. Thank you for having me. It, it was a pleasure. You're truly a phenomenal guy. I enjoyed everything about being on this podcast humbled by your kind words and thank you again and you know after you hit broadway and your first big movie and then maybe you're an ellen the generous we'd love to have you back you know bring all your star power with you to the show oh yeah absolutely anytime you need me all right thank you nate and you have a great evening you too